0: The festival also features diverse vendors as well as a specialty record, poster, and craft fairs, and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. If you're listening, Aubrey, please. (laughs) We, We come from a place of love. We're not mad, we're disappointed.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm mad. I am mad. <laughs> this is the Pitchfork
0: Review. I'm Jeremy Larson, the reviews director. And on this week's show, we'll be talking about Drake's eighth studio album, For All the Dogs. How do you solve a problem like Aubrey? I'm joined by features director Ryan Domble, AKA Champagne Domble. And our contributing writer, Joanne Escobedo-Shepard, a.k.a. Champagne Shepherd, who wrote the review of For All the Dogs, which you can read on Pitchfork.com.
2: <laughs> How are you guys doing today?
1: Could probably use more champagne.
2: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, three woofs. Three woofs. <laughs> We're all cat people.
1: Yeah. We should disclose
0: that, yeah, I feel Yeah, we like. should. Where are you at with Drake right now, at this moment?
1: Okay, so if you want to talk about where Drake is in the culture overall, not specific to this album, he is the most popular rapper, not named Benito, basically, if you count Bad Bunny. You know, everything he does is a cultural earthquake, but he's been releasing so much music for so long that, especially in the last two years, it seems like it's gotten less special.
0: Right. One of our contributing editors, Jason Green, he wrote this a couple of years ago when he was talking about his album, Honestly, Nevermind. And he said, by now, Drake albums are like software updates. They don't go away until you finally click on them. And when you do, you only notice the stuff that doesn't work as well. Mm. And I feel like that has held true. But I-, I wanted to start this before we get into this album and our many feelings with it. Like, I wanted to start on a positive note. We all are fans of Drake, cat people, though we may be. (laughs) And I think it's important that we start with something that we still really love about this guy. Like a
2: song or a moment. We care about this guy. That's the annoying thing. I was thinking about some of my personal Drake greatest hits. And one of them is Worst Behavior from Nothing Was the Same. This is, like, kind of an invincible song that is also really good. Mm-hmm. The production, it's by DJ Dahi, and it sounds like one of those, like, clattering teeth prank toys in space, maybe. Like, <laughs> what that would sound like. <laughs> Shit
3: like ODB. on my worst behavior, no. You. They used to never want to hear us. Remember? <laughs> never us. Remember?
2: It instantly sounds more like of the moment or kind of futuristic than any of the beats he's been using, like, in a long, long, long time. And just his kind of, like, indignant pose seems so much more earned. And then you also have, like, these classic goofy Drake lines about how he can beat Serena Williams at tennis, like, if she's using her <laughs> left hand. Like, yeah, this is a classic in every respect. There was a moment in two thousand thirteen where
0: you couldn't walk down the street without hearing someone just say
1: "worst." Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Julianne, what's your good vibes are you bringing here?
1: Okay, so I have two. Nice. One is nice for what? From mm-hmm. Scorpion it's very much pop drake but he sounds so triumphant and he is transferring his own triumph to women he's singing about a woman or women the video is full of famous women living their best lives working hard girl
3: everything pay for first last phone bill car, no cable put your phone got
1: for that beat, Murder Beats in 40 sampled Lauren Hill, they sampled Big Frida, and it's like the most shining moment of this is why Drake is so popular and why Drake has such a huge fan base of girls and women, mm-hmm. which... I think has been declining over the past couple of years because he's sort of lost it on that and lost the thread. And then the other song that I think shows a different side to Drake is "Work" with Rihanna.
3: Yeah, okay, you need to get done, 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 done at work. Come over, we just need to slow the motion.
1: That song I think is an example of soft Drake, who has just a genius sense of melody and you know we can see that on Heated on Beyonce's Renaissance which is one of the best songs on there and he wrote it
2: Like, what's up, Drake? Well, also, (laughs) all three of those songs either is sung by a woman, the lead artist is a woman, or there's like a big sample that's at the center of the song is by a woman. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm. I think at this point increasingly you need that counterbalance to uh, offset the doggishness that is in him. Yeah. These are all great. I'm going to just add to the Drake
0: Flex canon here by bringing 0 to 100, mm. which is one of my favorites. I listen to that a lot when I'm working out. It stays on the gym playlist. That to me also gets at just how like technically good of a rapper he is yeah. too, yeah. you know? Like that is one of the songs where you can hear him play around melodically with the line like it's it's clever and corny but like funny
3: man it's 2008 i'm trying to paint the picture in the works and now I'm i
0: the last one that i'm going to bring is what i think is the last good song that he put out which is 2020's Laugh Now, Cry Later, mm-hmm. the song that he did with Lil Dirk. That song has an incredible hook, his little like, baby, at the end of every yeah. line. That is the work of, of a pop smith, of like somebody who knows how to like dig into your head almost immediately.
3: Baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing and slowed down. Baby, baby, we took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town.
0: Baby. Something happened since that song. And I wanna know where you think the worm turned with Trey. Cause I don't think it's one specific thing. What was it for you?
1: I don't know. I mean, Certified Lover Boy kind of indicated the direction that he was going. That's the
0: album with the grid of pregnant emoji women <laughs> exactly. on the front of it. Correct. Yeah, yeah
2: okay.
1: And it was kind of, like, ew, but also kind of funny, right? Like, but, like, (laughs) I still could rock with it because he was doing what I kind of want him to do when he's, like, 60, which is, like, just lean into kind of dirty R&B man. (laughs) Uh But he started to go off balance with that album. And then it got worse and worse. So he
0: described that album as a combination of toxic masculinity and acceptance of truth, which is inevitably heartbreaking. That's how he described (laughs) that album.
2: Of course he Uh, did.
0: That album has, like, several songs about, like, his friends again and how nobody's loyal to him. Um, But that, for me, was for sure the first album where, like, something's
2: off here. Or rather, like, something has remained the same. Honestly, Views is when it started, when I started to like him less. I reviewed that album... It got a six-something. It was the first six that we gave Drake, uh, first of many (laughs) (laughs) on Pitchfork. And I remember like thinking at that time, it's hard not to listen to this guy's music and all of his songs about heartbreak and how he's been wronged and think like, guess what? The common denominator is you. Like you're clearly the reason why this isn't working. That's when I started to fall off my fandom and it's really just kind of been sloping downward ever since. And yeah, these these more recent albums didn't help. It's just become even more hardened, more desperate as far as like chasing trends and just more mean-spirited. What I think he lost a lot of people too, and it certainly lost me, is that that
0: line on her loss on that song mm-hmm. uh, Circo Loco, where he's like, this bitch lied about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. As soon as people heard that line, it just sort of went around the internet like wildfire, and people yeah. were like, What are you talking about here? Yeah. I've
3: been blowing through the money like a grown cheese. I've been fucking on a French bit, Cela I just put put 'em on a jet, now they all Italian. Way I'm dressing till I've been to a thousand dollars. This bitch lobby getting shots, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get a joke, but she's still smiling.
0: I don't know where this was in the legal process, but it was before Tory Lanes was sentenced to jail for ten years for shooting Megan Thee Stallion. And after Megan Thee Stallion had said that Tory Lane shot her. Yeah.
1: Megan had just released an entire album about being traumatized. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of many men, including lots of famous male rappers, saying they didn't believe Megan. And now he's talking allegedly about Rihanna. It's like, if he's talking this way about famous women who everyone loves what is he saying about, like, women whose names we'll never know? And that's the thing that really gets me with some of this music. It's so mean-spirited, and then I can't help but take it to this place where it's like, what is wrong with you, dude? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) That seems like a good place to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about For All the Dogs and the many things we don't like about that (laughs) album.
1: Yeah, (laughs)
0: so, For All the Dogs comes out. Drake's stock is kind of low, you know. Well,
2: I would argue okay. it was kind of high, actually. Okay, go off. All right. So, like I said, Drake is kind of a formative artist for me. That sounds so fucking sad. <laughs> but it's so true. But I it love that. It. It, it. it is. It You're is. You're a millennial. And it's it's. A, he's a formative artist for yeah. any millennial, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so, there's a part of me who's always wishing and hoping that he will make good music, right? So this year, Drake did an on-the-radar freestyle with this British rapper, Central C, and it's incredible. Like, the rapping is so good.
3: If I take flicks with the guys, I gotta put emojis over like three faces because the feds can't see those eyes. People I shouldn't be beside. When I was an actor, they would go strapper just to sell food on Bieber's side. Plenty reasons why I'm this way, my girl, that's just one reason why.
2: So I was like, okay, like, it, it like, perked my ear a little bit. And then he also had a pretty good verse on Travis Scott's album, one of the few high points of that album. Oh, yeah. Where he said famously, you know, people are scared of the six. Um, scared, of the six. <laughs> scared
0: of the six.
3: Heard your new joint, it's embarrassing shit. You talk to the cops on some therapy shit. You act like you love this American shit. But really, the truth is, you're scared of the six. Yeah, you're scared of the six.
2: So that happened. I'm low-key. I'm like, all right, all right, like, you know, maybe boy is back. Let's do this. And on his tour this summer, he was playing a lot of old stuff and just seemed to be going back to his old sound maybe and to be sure like his tours were selling pretty hard yeah. you know like yeah. this, he didn't fall off in the culture no you yeah know, for, for sure a sure. ton of people <laughs> yeah. paid a, a lot of money to see drake
0: and the viral videos of people throwing their bras on stage yeah. to him and then him having the intern line up all the bras yeah, that, in the I dance studio that, that made me less excited by <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah
2: uh, but but you know i was like blinders were on for that stuff <laughs> um so, yeah, going into the album, I was sort of psyched. And then, yeah, press play and whew. Well, let's go back because you <laughs> you really liked You Like slime Me Out. I did you like did. slime You Out, yeah. So this is a single that came out before the album with SZA. You know, the song was kind of funny to me. I really enjoyed SZA being on it. Like what we were talking about before, I really love like when there's a counterbalance for his toxicity.
3: January, you pretend to Tennessee, life clearly... Gaily, February is a time that you put the evil eye in a prodigy for the fantasy of getting married, very scary. March
2: Singing, rapping, scissor. I don't know. It was a one stop shop. So, leading up to the album actually dropping at 6 a.m. on October 6th, <laughs> uh-huh. I was hesitantly excited, but then we listened to it. So, opens
0: with Virginia Beach. Which I think everybody thought was going to be this huge Pusha T diss
2: track, but then it wasn't at all. No. No, nothing. This song heavily samples this Frank Ocean song called Wise Man that is pretty obscure. And it almost sounds like a cheat code, like, mm-hmm. toward vulnerability, you know? Like, you put yep. Frank Ocean's voice on anything, it's going to be like, oh, like, this is from the heart, right? But then, like, you actually listen to Drake, and it's the same bull- <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, a wasted Frank Ocean sample.
0: I did think, drawing conclusions like you got a Parsons degree or something.
2: That was good. That was, like, that was a moment where I was yeah, like, we it was. Could, maybe we could be here. That's in the first three yeah. seconds of the song. Yeah, and, like... <laughs> Again, he's not hiding He's not hiding his intentions Like the, the very start of the album Like some of the first lines He's talking to someone who wronged him <laughs> Naturally mm-hmm. He's like chagrined He's like I could have treated you better That's crazy Nope And that's the, be- <laughs> that's the beginning of the album nope. And like it's kind of funny But it's like that humor doesn't last
3: I'd Say I could have treated you better or whatever But I don't know I think I did all right. You know what I'm saying, and you know how you get drawing conclusions like you got a Parsons degree or something. I could have treated you better. That's crazy.
1: Did we mention the album is over 90 minutes long? By the way, <laughs> it's so <laughs> long, and that's the thing that's frustrating. Is like he has like a lot of funny moments in here and a lot of corny moments. I love corny Drake. And even a lot of, like, you know, sort of toxic, like, let's face it, he's been sort of toxic for a decade, maybe. But, you know, there's things to like about this album. The problem is that they're buried in all of this just sort of dredge. You know, when you're, like, talking to someone you barely know and all they can talk about is just how, like, sad and pathetic their life is? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it's like, okay, dude, that would be great if you actually weren't also talking about, like, you're so rich, you're so influential, people love you, what is the problem here? Like, I don't even care. Give me more, like, straight, capitalist, conspicuous consumption Mm -hmm. stuff, anything. But, like, why are we supposed to feel you are wronged? (laughs) Like, you own a jet.
2: I have a quick fact check on myself. The album is 84 minutes long, not more than 90, but to my defense, it feels like 500,000 minutes long. People complaining about how long Killers of the Flower Moon is going (laughs) to be. I just try to sit through this, you know? And I think that that length also speaks to this idea of his music just being content, you know, and I feel like it's felt, felt that way for a long time. And even like the disses on here, you're talking about the Megan the Stallion one from Certified Lover Boy, like yeah. there's a Rihanna kind of subliminal on this album that also just seems very content driven. Like this is one that, you know, TMZ is gonna write about.
0: And it also seems like he is living so much in the past. Yeah. Or yeah. or that song was written many, many, many years, years ago.
3: ago. Look, why they make it sound like I'm still hung up on you. That could never be. Y'all can't run me. Better than than me. Better it's not me.
0: It's I'm very Ill. lame that you're still hung up on this.
1: Maybe that's what hurt him.
0: <laughs> that's his Joker story? Like, Well, yeah. I mean,
1: the internet has a big theory that his Joker origin story is when Pusha
3: the world that he had a child a baby's than rap. We is your son.
1: i mean who knows it, it could be anything actually
2: there is a hint of self awareness on that yeah. rihanna song where like the beginning He's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, like when he's going into like yeah. the, the diss part? Yeah. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm <laughs> I'm, go- I'm doing it.
3: That man, he's still with you. He can't leave you. Y'all go on vacation. I bet his auntie Let me stop. You know what, fuck it. Let me go.
1: Which is actually a great part. I love that part. But then it's like, at least go harder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the production here, too, because I think that's sort of part of the, like, oh, my God, another Drake album issue. The production, like, feels so nondescript, especially Mm. when when it's sort of 40 and 40 adjacent stuff. You get to screw the world interlude, which is about halfway through the album. And you're like, holy shit, this knocks. This is great. This yeah. beat sounds yeah. like I finally can actually like enjoy this album. And it lasts for all of two minutes.
1: It's a chopped
2: and screwed and version of "If I Rule the World." It's but, Nas, yeah, right? And then you're oh, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah."
1: Oh yeah, Nas' last album was really good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the DJ Screw thing is so random. And you're right; it's funny. You know, when that comes on, it does reset like your ears. Yeah, you know, and you're like, "Oh." This is like what good production (laughs) sounds like. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the beats are just very samey, very mid-tempo, nothing super memorable. And for me, some of the best production and some of the best songs are the really low-key ones. 8am in Charlotte is basically like a boom bap beat mm-hmm. yeah by um, Conductor Williams mm-hmm. who works a lot with the Griselda crew
0: and Makami and all that
2: yeah and it you know really brings out the best in Drake I feel like that's the best rapping on this album
3: I'm used to seeing tears drop over enormous meals the restaurant clears out faint echoes of Lauryn Hill I say we gotta talk about us I feel like Jordan Peele could tell I'm getting under your skin like an orange peel
2: And another one, Away From Home, toward the end of the album, is like the beat is very low-key, and he's rapping really well. That's the Bjork beat.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: it, it reminded me like a, a little bit of Bjork, like 90s Bjork, which is cool. I remember,
3: I remember driving Holland Tunnel for a label and Think about more cake than a funnel I remember Now these niggas don't remember I know Nix remember I know Jay remember Chosen make them boys remember Dead broke splitting pennies with my members for the spread we were splitting chicken tenders
2: those low-key tracks where he's just rapping are my favorite ones on this album
1: yeah Rich Baby Daddy is one of my favorite tracks because it sounds like rhythm and quad like Atlanta Homecoming yep. Freak Nick style like mm-hmm. that is like my sweet spot
3: we from two different worlds but it's a match to me
0: That's with Sexy Red and SZA.
1: It's really unfortunate that some of the best parts on this album are by other artists, like the Azimuth sample.
0: Azimuth, a late 70s ECM group who Drake opens IDGAF with...
2: he just took a chunk of the song a chunk yeah. of the
3: song and exactly. put it on
2: it doesn't sound like he did anything to this, no, the song
3: it did
1: it did <laughs> put me on though yeah. I'm like I'm gonna listen to them forever now
0: yeah yeah they <laughs> like, go. Azimuth is so sick
1: I mean a lot of songs you'll be like listening and then like two minutes in the beat will completely change like mm-hmm. somewhat incoherently and I wonder if they approached this like production wise or if like Kevin Durant <laughs> the A&R okay. approached it this way good, like so good as a mixtape because like that's the only thing that makes sense to me as far as the beats and the samples is they were just like let's do a mixtape
0: so we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna play a and r to drake and we are going to fix all of his broken shit
1: <laughs> maybe not all of it <laughs>
0: okay we're back I wanted to know, like, if you guys were all of a sudden inducted into Drake's crew, not only into his crew, but you were up in the upper echelon. You are on his left shoulder and you can whisper in his ear and say, Drake, here's what you need to do for your next album. This is what needs to happen. What are you telling him?
2: I really feel like Drake is at his best when there is a woman in the room, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. he needs that kind of guidance, moral and every other type of guidance. And I feel like SZA is one of very few artists who can kind of go toe-to-toe with him on a commercial level, on an artistic level, like, etc. So here here it is. Joint mixtape with Drake and SZA, almost if not all rapping, okay? Entirely produced by Evil Gianni, who's Yes. basically the best rap producer of 2023 he did uh the Hillbillies Kendrick and Baby Keem song he also did Earl sweatshirt song making the band
3: you wouldn't like me when I'm angry loose cannon in the to state Gene hacking we getting away two hammers I we getting safe Do damage in a critical way booth pack and we ship it away you mad I'm feeling away.
2: I would once again fool myself and be excited <laughs> for a Drake project <laughs> if that were it. Okay.
1: What if Drake, because he said he's going to take a year or more off because of his stomach.
2: Prayers up. Prayers up.
1: Prayers up. What if he, like, lives in a salt cave or something okay. for a year, doesn't, like, let... Any noise and, and just sort of deeply communes with himself mm-hmm. and then does like an ambient
2: album. Kind of following the steps of fellow Canadian Leonard Cohen. I mean, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, <laughs> yes. This is a great idea.
1: I don't know if it's a great idea actually, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the resulting music would be good, but I think that like Drake needs to have a moment where he can just like be Drake and like reset and then like do something completely new. Yeah.
0: yeah. All I want is a concept album. I want it to begin in the morning and end at night. I want it to be mm. a week in the life of Drake. Like, I want this to take place entirely on a cruise ship, right? Yes. You know? Like, he boards, things happen, and disembarks, you know? Smokes cigars that's, that's, on, the, that's, on the deck. I focus on one idea. Because <laughs> then you sort of know there's like a patina of fiction to this. And so people aren't constantly picking and nitpicking, like, who is this about? Like, what is this about? Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, okay, well, this is like my idea of something. It's clearly mm. a little bit fictional. I'm going to pull in shit from my life, as every writer does. And I think he's really good at that. I also would hope that it keeps it tight, you know? Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for going through. Drake, do you have anything, anything else
2: you wanted to add about Drake before we go? I mean, I just hope he takes us up on one of these ideas. Any of these ideas would be phenomenal.
0: If you're listening, Aubrey, please. (laughs) We come from a place of love. We're not mad. We're disappointed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow. Wow. I'm mad. I am mad. But, like, he can do better. He has so much at his fingertips. Like, come on.
0: Dommel, Julianne, thank you so much for talking about Drake. Had a great time. I appreciate it.
1: If you're hearing this, it's too late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Pitchfork Review is a production of Condi Nast Entertainment. Mark Yoshizumi, Elia Einhorn, Katie Lau, and Madeline Campbell at 3DB are our producers. Ryan Dumble is our showrunner, and Jessica Grumulia is our music supervisor. You can read Julianne's review of For All the Dogs at pitchfork.com. If you like the show, here's an idea. Subscribe to it. Recent episodes of the Pitchfork Review include an interview with Talking Heads and a Best New Music episode featuring a special guest appearance by Olivia Rodrigo. Thanks for listening.